It was one of those old houses you see from time to time, standing off the road, across the field, out toward the country, the roof mostly gone, windows sagging and empty, peering at you over a half-rotted porch as you drive by. It's hard to believe that anyone had ever lived there, but according to my great-grandfather, it was the house he was born in. His excitement grew as we pulled onto the bare dirt track that led to the house. The car was still rolling when out he popped and was moving as fast as his cane would let him up the stairs and through the black hole that served as a door. Following as fast as we could, we too crossed the threshold and came to a sudden and abrupt halt, like hitting an unseen wall. In the gray light filtering through the dust, we could see the back of an old wingback chair, grimy and tattered, facing toward the fireplace on the far wall of the room. There was no sign of great-granddad. Try as we might, we could not move forward. A voice seemed to come from the depths of the wingback chair. Don't worry, you'll have him back safe and sound. But first, you must listen to my weird wonder stories from a time long ago. When I'm done, just step back and leave. Great-grandfather will be found sleeping in the car. And we did. Here is a story and a poem about females. The Song of the Blackbird by Lord Dunsey As the poet passed the thorn tree, the blackbird sang. However do you do it, the poet said, for he knew bird language. Well, it was like this, said the blackbird. It really was the most extraordinary thing. I made that song last spring. It came to me all of a sudden. There was the most beautiful she-blackbird that the world has ever seen. Her eyes were blacker than lakes are at night. Her feathers were blacker than the night itself. And there was nothing as yellow as her beak. She could fly much faster than the lightning. She was not an ordinary she-blackbird. There has never been any other like her at all. I did not dare go near her because she was so wonderful. One day last spring when it got warm again, it had been cold, we ate berries. Things were quite different then. But spring came and it got warm. One day I was thinking how wonderful she was. It seemed so extraordinary to think that I should ever have seen her. The only really wonderful she-blackbird in the whole world. That I opened my beak to give a shout and then this song came. There had never been anything like it before. Luckily I remembered it. The very song that I sang just now. But what is so extraordinary, the most amazing occurrence of that marvelous day, was that no sooner had I sung the song than that very bird, the most wonderful she-blackbird in the world, flew right up to me and sat quite close to me on the same tree. I never remember such wonderful times as those. Yes, the song came in a moment, and as I was saying, 
an old wanderer walking with a stick came by, and the blackbird flew away. The poet told the old man the blackbird's wonderful story. Huh, that song new, said the wanderer. Not a bit of it. God made it years ago. All the blackbirds used to sing it when I was young. It was new then. The End The Female of the Species by Rudyard Kipling When the Himalayan peasant meets the he-bear in his pride, he shouts to scare the monster who will often turn aside. But the she-bear thus accosted rends the peasant tooth and nail, for the female of the species is more deadly than the male. When Nag, the basking cobra, hears the careless foot of man, he will sometimes wiggle sideways and avoid it if he can. But his mate makes no such motion where she camps beside the trail, for the female of the species is more deadly than the male. When the early Jesuit fathers preached to Hurons and Choctaws, they prayed to be delivered from the vengeance of the squaws. Twas the women, not the warriors, turned these stark enthusiasts pale, for the female of the species is more deadly than the male. Man's timid heart is bursting with the things he must not say, for the woman that God gave him isn't his to give away. But when hunter meets with husbands, each confirms the other's tale. The female of the species is more deadly than the male. Man, a bear in most relations, worn and savage otherwise, man propounds negotiations, man accepts the compromise. Very rarely will he squarely push the logic of a fact to its ultimate conclusion in unmitigated act. Fear or foolishness impels him ere he lay the wicked low to concede some form of trial even to his fiercest foe. Mirth obscene diverts his anger, doubt and pity oft perplex him in dealing with an issue to the scandal of the sex. But the woman that God gave him, every fiber of her frame, proves her launch for one sole issue, armed and engined for the same. And to serve that single issue, lest the generations fail, the female of the species must be deadlier than the male. She who faced death by torture for each life beneath her breast may not deal in doubt or pity, must not swerve for fact or jest. These be purely male diversions, and not in these her honor dwells. She, the other law we live by, is that law and nothing else. She can bring no more to living than the powers that make her great, as the mother of the infant and the mistress of the mate. And when babe and man are lacking, and she strides unclaimed to claim, her right as femme and barren, her equipment is the same. She is wedded to convictions in default of grosser ties. Her contentions are her children. Heaven help him who denies. He will meet no suave discussion, 
but the instant white-hot wild wakened female of the species, warring as for spouse and child. Unprovoked and awful charges, even so the she-bear fights. Speech that drips, corrodes, and poisons, even so the cobra bites. Scientific vivisection of one nerve until it is raw, and the victim withers in anguish like the Jesuit with the squaw. So it comes that man the coward, when he gathers to confer, with his fellow braves in council, dare not leave a place for her. Where, at war with life and conscience, he uplifts his erring hands to some god of abstract justice, which no woman understands. And man knows it, knows moreover that the woman that God gave him must command and may not govern, shall enthrall but not enslave him. And she knows, because she warns him, and her instincts never fail, that the female of her species is more deadly than the male. The End And on the way home we heard great-grandfather mumbling in his sleep. Such marvelous stories, he said. Such marvelous stories. I haven't heard these since I was a child. And he promptly fell back asleep.